Welcome to the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. Today, we're launching our new Q&A-style episodes, which you will hear sporadically throughout the third season. Father Jeff Langan provides this week's answer to this listener-submitted question. My college-age children have stopped going to Mass. How can I help them return to the beauty of this sacrament? So when we want to help our kids go to Mass when they're away at college, there's a few things to keep in mind. I would say, well, there's some issues are perhaps uh, better for another discussion, which is, well, where to go to college in the first place? What are some of the criteria to keep in mind? But I think once they're in college, one thing that St. Jose Maria would say in many of these situations is that we are, especially once kids are in college, that's clearly part of this process of raising children to become adults. And part of being an adult is that they exercise their own self-dominion. And from the time they're adolescents, from the time they're children, we're, we're training them right, to exercise their freedom in that way. And so as they become adults, and when they're in college, maybe you could say they're still making that transition, but we're definitely getting more into the side of, well, their time is their own. They have to start using it for their own good, understanding why they're doing it, coming to make their own decisions, uh, coming to really accept and live the faith, coming to see its beauty, its truth, its goodness. And I think one thing is that one principle just to keep in mind, everyone's a little different. Everyone has a different intellectual capacity. Everyone has a different strength of will. Everyone at this point starts to see how they're struggling with respect to their passions. And a principle that St. Jose Maria would give to parents in this situation, which I think is very helpful for us, is that the first thing, the first thing we want to establish is our friendship with our children, especially now that they're becoming adults. And that's obviously, it's a moment of faith, right? It's a moment of a little bit of trust. And we want to first establish the friendship because, well, now our relationship with them, it's really going to be more that of, you're always going to be a father or a mother, but there's this element of friendship. And the way you help a friend is different than the way you help a child. The first thing, of course, is we can never leave out the importance of prayer for our children, for our grandchildren, prayer for their conversion, because in every soul, there's this mystery of grace. St. Augustine says, those who today seem very far have a conversion, and tomorrow they're very close. We never know exactly what might be the, the one thing that changes a person's mind to get them desirous of once again the sacraments or of once again living the moral life. I think the second thing is that once, if we work on the friendship, just as with any friend, within the context of the friendship, we try to introduce them to truth, beauty, and goodness in a way that well, makes it attractive for them. What I see, something I see, at least uh, when I was a professor before I became a priest, and something that I see now as a priest uh, being around universities, 
is that <clears throat> students are attracted by two things. I mean, they're attracted by the sacraments done with piety, and they're also attracted by priests that know how to speak to students, <laughs> right? whether it's in a homily or in a talk of some sort. And they're also attracted by, especially once they're in the university, well, I guess it also, again, this can depend on the student to some degree, but they are attracted by some sort of intellectual presentation of the faith. But whether it's, whether it's the beauty of a, of a sacrament well done, or whether it's a, a good homily, or whether it's a good exposition of the faith, something that's, in, I think something that's involved is going to be well, something that can speak to that generation. And here, I think also it's just important, and this can be important as far as establishing friendship with our children, is keeping in mind that every generation, while some problems are the same in every, in every generation, right, the way in which every generation understands itself, negotiates its problems, understands its problems, and negotiates with the world is a little different. This was really brought home to me when when I was a professor in the, in the state that I was teaching, they had a, a national conference for pedagogy for university professors. And as the icebreaker, they had us go into this big auditorium where all the professors were meeting. And as an icebreaker, they had us, they didn't tell us this in advance, but they had basically had us sit down at tables by generation. <clears throat> And so they, they said to us, okay, I want everyone at your table now to, to come up with a list of your five heroes, right? five heroes that you agree on. And of course, the first thought that went through my mind was, there's no way we're going to, I have my heroes, I have my people that I love and respect and look up to. But the first thought in my mind was, well, there's no way you're gonna, we're going to agree on who our heroes are. So we talked, and actually my table talked for 15 minutes precisely about that point, how we all have our own individual heroes, but we couldn't really probably agree with anybody else at our table who our heroes were. And so at the end of this icebreaker, the lady who was leading the, the conference, she said, okay, I would like table A to give their heroes. And <clears throat> table A stood up and the lady said, and before the lady could speak, the, the lady from table A could speak, the, the MC said, well, before you give your list, let me guess. Your list is FDR, General Patton, General Eisenhower, MacArthur, and listed a few other political figures from the, basically the New Deal, from the Depression and the Second World War. And the lady said, the lady from table A said, well, yeah, that was our list. And then she said, okay, now the table C, I want you to give your, but then, and then she said, but table C, before you give, you give me your list, let me guess, it's Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and then listed a, several other figures from, let's say, the 50s and 60s. Well, that why? Because table C was baby boomers, and they all agreed on the same heroes. And then she, she pointed at my table and she said, you guys probably don't have a list <laughs> because we're Generation X, right? So we grew up in the 80s and uh, we don't have heroes, <laughs> at least that we agree on. We all have our own individual heroes. But then it was interesting, right? Because then she said, well, the generation after yours, 90s, to early 2000s, 
they do have heroes they all kind of point towards. John Paul II, Mother Teresa. <laughs> At the time, also, it was uh, Mia Hamm, Tiger Woods. <clears throat> and her point was that, well, each generation has its own set of questions, its own set of problems, its own set of heroes that it looks to, the way it approaches the world. And I say that in relation to, well, how do you introduce your children or how do you keep your children interested in the Mass? Well, I think part of that is as you become their friend, it's very important, well, to start to understand and to accept that every generation is looking for the truth. Every generation is looking for beauty and goodness. And so part of befriending your children as they're adults, it seems to be to well, try to appreciate, well, what, is, what, are the, what are the things that this generation values? Or, you know, everybody's a little bit different. What are the things that this person, how, how is this purchase person approaching the problems of life? So we can never give up on, number one, the most important thing is prayer for the conversion, or we all need conversions, right? Prayer for the grace, right? The grace that, that our children need. And part of that grace is seeing the need for the Mass, seeing the need for the sacraments, especially regular participation in them. And while we're doing that, what we can really work on is our friendship with our children. And within the context of that friendship, understanding their problems, their approaches to how they view the world. And then I think within that context, again, just mentioning, I know so many, so many children that have come back to the sacraments. They've come back to the sacraments in part too because, well, their parents could just mention to them or remind them in delicate ways, indirect ways, get their ashes on Ash Wednesday, the Easter, you know, the importance of the Triduum, going to the Easter Mass, going to Christmas Mass, right? Maybe there's other days of the year reminding them of, of the Mass and its importance. That just, in other words, using the church calendar as a way of just making the children, remi re reminding the children that these things are possible.